0: It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood A beautiful day for a neighbor Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Okay, you're looking at me. Is it because of the singing?
1: You know, I never thought of that song as inappropriate until you said, could you be mine? And when you say it, Fred Rogers
0: called, (laughs) he hates you.
1: I I love Mr. Rogers. I love, I just
0: watched the documentary. Did you? uh, Won't you be my neighbor? I still need to watch Uh, that. I've seen that one. My mother showed me, told me about that one. And then there was the PBS one. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, that's what I heard. They will make you cry. That's what I heard. I was bawling. It was, oh, and it's, it's just, you know, in the, in a world full of what we deal with today, Mm -hmm. uh, that is the message that I wish we had more of, mm-hmm. because he—it's just—and and what killed me too, not to start the show off on a tangent, was the fact that they began to show clips of how there are some in the in the cable news twenty-four uh, hour news cycle uh, systems that would use Fred Rogers as the basis for the self entitlement problem that we have these days. Right. And to which I just I I you know I listen all politics and everything aside it's just not the case. What Fred Rogers was talking about with regard to you are special is about love and friendship and and appreciating yourself and not you know avoiding anxiety and depression and saying you're not alone and you're mm-hmm. accepted and whatnot. Not you are the most important thing in the world and everyone else is second class to you. Not if you know?
1: yeah, I see what you're saying and it's it's sort of like um it's sort of like if it's not the um, I don't know if you've seen The Incredibles.
0: I've played the music. Okay. So oh right. <laughs> yes. yes, in our group.
1: Right. But there's a scene where um, um um oh god, what's the villain's name? Syndrome, I think. Um he says if everybody's special, no one is. Right. It's not that case. Right. It's it's the fact that um, although to some degree I do agree with I do agree with that to some degree, but um but that doesn't—that's not—that doesn't pertain to what Mr. Rogers was trying to right. come, get across. Um, everyone's special in a different way.
0: In that you're unique, and yeah. that's okay, right? You know.
1: So, you know, and he had some great guests on his show.
0: Oh, uh, it's groundbreaking. Yeah, Gr- absolutely groundbreaking.
1: Uh, who do you, you had? Uh, what Winton Marsalis yep. On his show, yep. um,
0: I think OJ Simpson was on his show. Yep.
1: As a Simpson. ballerina,
0: yes, doing ballet. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And
1: then uh, uh, Bill Nye mm-hmm. was on his show. Yeah. Um, he just had a whole list of educational figures, yeah. um, and just you know, just a, just a great line of um, important important people that have influenced right.
0: um, our lives. I went, I went to college with a guy, one of my friends. I did a lot of improv comedy with him. a great guy. Paul Germain is his name. And he did a documentary after he graduated college out in Hollywood called Speedy Delivery. And this whole documentary on Mr. McFeely and whatnot. And I think it won some awards and, and whatnot.
1: He's my favorite character. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's it was a great documentary, okay. too. Okay. So it's... The, these, I mean... We could could wax poetic about Mm. Mr. Rogers and everything for hours, but in case you weren't aware, this is How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Osip Foundation, Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of March the year is 2019 and we're so glad that you're with us make sure that you check us out on all the various outlets where you can find us remember our website is ositfoundation.org, and you have the options for how you play the game especially where you can submit your stories of sportsmanship for us to discuss on the show and perhaps even join us on the show to discuss them we'd love for you to do that and be on the show with us Remember that you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/ossip Also on Twitter. Ha- the, uh, the the, handle is at and the hashtag is how you play the game. Remember that we're on iTunes. Uh, Google Podcasts, Podbean, make sure you subscribe, make sure you rate us, leave a review, lots of stars, the whole thing. We'd love to hear from you. We always appreciate commentary, and uh, we're so happy to be with you. Across the way from me, as always, is the producer engineer of our show, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. Welcome. How are you?
1: Hi, Jack. I'm great. I uh, am playing uh, Super Mario
0: Odyssey. You finished Breath of the Wild. I
1: did finish Breath of the Wild. Great game. Found all 900 Korok seeds. Wow. I uh, I uh, I found all 120 shrines. I don't. I, I even with four jobs, I still don't have a wife.
0: And you defeated Ganon. I
1: defeated Ganon. I guess. Yeah, I did that too.
0: <laughs> exactly. but, but you know that whole main point of the game. Yeah, I, I eventually. Did
1: I that. I gotta tell you though, it. Um, I was not very happy with the ending. Really? Yeah, it was very. Um, Lukewarm really? compared to the, the rest of the game. I mean, the, I still think everyone should play it, um, but the the ending was just... I feel like they're going to make up for it in the next game. They're going to use the same engine.
0: Yeah, right? well, you know, the other thing, too, is that that game was so revolutionary in what they put into it based upon the gameplay and whatnot. You know, you listen to all of the interviews that they did with the creators and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They put so much into uh the 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 choices of the player and and the things that you could do within the game right that the ending almost it makes sense that or it doesn't surprise me i should say yeah that it took that turn that you described yeah. um so and for me listen love zelda love the whole series I just I, I have a hard time myself getting into a lot of these games with some of these engines or some of these storylines that go beyond some of the more meat and potato stuff. Like the last one I played was Twilight Princess, mm-hmm. which again, fantastic game.
1: But that also has a lot of side quests yes. and a lot of things yes. to collect.
0: Right. For me, it was like you know I could never get into things like Wind Waker, uh, and where we got into that cartoony uh graphics. Yeah. Even Skyward Sword and some of this stuff from Breath of the Wild was a little too much for me to assert. Like I like my Link mm-hmm. to be in green looking like Link. They have
1: the traditional outfit. Zunic and whatnot. Yeah. Good. You can you can you can get it by uh compl- I think it's when you complete all the shrines. Really? You you um you get you get the outfit. And I fought Ganon in that
0: outfit. Good. Good. Because so, yeah, that's what God would want. Right. Okay.
1: Um anyway, so I'm playing Super Mario Odyssey now. Right. Um what a charming game. Really. Just a lot of fun. I think you would like that game. It's not it's a little bit less involved. Right. There are different worlds you can explore. It's a lot like Mario 64.
0: Good because that that I think was the last 3D Mario game that I played. Yeah.
1: A lot of the same moves. Really good. Um and just, you know, now your hat becomes alive mm-hmm. and you can possess different things. And uh, it's just so cleverly made. And the music is great. Oh, too. good.
0: Because that makes or breaks a game, yeah. in my opinion. You know, it's funny is that for a lot of these games and a lot of things in general in pop culture with the things that we we obsess over, there's that element sometimes where you could totally spin it in a way where you say, okay, 9 a.m. production meeting. All right, guys, what do we got today? There's one guy at the corner. Just I don't know. Um, All right, Mario's hat becomes possessed, and you can do stuff with it. How about that? That's Johnson. That's great. Coffee break, nine o two. We're done. Uh, You know, it's kind of like what they did with the Last Jedi. (laughs) Exactly. Ryan Johnson was like, "All right, what do we got? I don't know. Fuel shortages." Great, we're done. All right, I'll see everybody in a week. Except you know? except that, work one, out that one was terrible. Did not work out as well. <laughs> I was talking with a comedian friend of mine, Dan, and he was talking about that kind of stuff where he's just like he goes he goes half of my day is just sitting around thinking about these ridiculous things like watching these infomercials and thinking it someone got paid $90,000 a year to basically think of this junk that, you know, like, have you ever had problems with Tupperware before? Someone's getting $90,000 to pitch that. Yep. You know, it's almost like someone was like, all right, what do we got for today? He's like, oh, that was due today? Oh, um, you know what? I'm going to take a long lunch. I'll have it ready for you at 1. <laughs> I just, That's great. Oh, this is the same guy who goes home to a Roomba with googly eyes on it so that he has a friend.
1: Oh, that's that's nice.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you get a chance go see my good friend Dan Marquez who is a very hilarious comedian. And uh maybe shooting an upcoming web series with me if I can ever get my button gear. Okay. So, but that's we've gone on so many tangents already today. Yeah. You know why? Because we have been away from each other for so long. It's hard to get on track. It really is. We we've got so much catching up to do. Hey, how was Florida? Florida was great and that's what we're going to talk about today not just reminiscing about my my travel and my my vacation but i had such a good time but also experienced so many things regarding sportsmanship on this vacation that i had to come back and talk about it because it it was like smacking me in the face like dude this is this is the topic this is what you got to talk about um so just to give the 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 background uh my girlfriend Caitlin and I went on a little vacation to Florida. We left on a Thursday. We came back on a Tuesday. Uh, we did we did the uh, the west coast of Florida for the for spring training. So we flew down on a Thursday from Trenton to Tampa. Uh, oh,
1: Trenton Mercer. Trenton Mercer isn't that a great airport? I, you know what? You're in and out of there in like an hour.
0: Listen, I <laughs> thought to myself like. This is this is way too small. How how am I safe? Anything like that? Couldn't have been easier. Yeah. Could Not safe, efficient. Oh yeah. Okay. If you have fear about losing your baggage, Trenton Mercer is the place to go because oh, yeah. they literally only have one plane going out of there at a given time. Right. So you know. So you go in. TSA is there. They do everything as normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. You you check your bag. It's gonna end up at your destination. Now, maybe right. if you're doing like connecting flights, it's a different story, but if it's a one-way non-stop, nothing to fear. Um, and and surprisingly, very affordable too. Very now, affordable. Now, though. Frontier obviously is one of these, you know, cheapo airlines that it's gonna nickel and dime you a little bit and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But we ended up springing for basically paying everything up front. Including the baggage fees, including like the stretch seating, which is their "quote unquote" first class. Really, it's I mean, Mm -hmm. it's in the same cabin. It's all one cabin, but they give you that like the extra room and what. Like in the front, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so the baggage fees. We even bought the like the travel insurance things like that. Two round trip uh, plane tickets, whole thing less than eight hundred bucks. Wow! Really, when you compare that to other airline stuff, oh yeah, for a two hour flight. Yeah. Very affordable, yeah. Very reasonable, comfortable, mm-hmm. easy. Could not have been nicer. Damn. Um, just, a, just, a, just a and and my first flight ever. I'm 35. Finally got on a plane. Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. I am. How did it feel? I'm, I'm a big boy now. How did it feel? It was. It was nothing. See? It was nothing. It was. It's a little it's weird. Fun. You know when you when they when they you know hit the thrusters and you're you're you know you start taking off. You know what I thought of? Um, tomorrow never dies. In the beginning, the pre-title sequence, when mm-hmm. Bond is stealing the, the aircraft mm-hmm. with, the, with the nukes on yeah. it. Yeah. And he's going up the runway to escape the guy who's coming down to try and shoot him. And he just hits the thrusters and takes off. That's mm-hmm. what it was like. It's all like mm-hmm. the, you know, Bond themes going on in my head. Good. And not, <laughs> thinking to myself, backseat driver. <laughs> white knight to right, white rook. I've, <laughs> I've evacuated the area. Asked the Admiral where he'd like the bombs delivered. <laughs> That's great. So, but good. Yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. Uh, so we we land in Tampa, two hours flat. Drove from Tampa to Fort Myers, another two hour drive after mm-hmm. renting a car. Right. Stayed three nights in Fort Myers. Fr- Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Saw a double header on Saturday. Yep. Did Yankees at Red Sox in the afternoon.
1: Okay. And, that must have been fun. That
0: was good. And then we did Rays at Twins in the evening because the Twins and the Red Sox both train in Fort Myers. They're maybe five minutes from each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sunday, check out, drive from Fort Myers to Port Charlotte, which is about a half-hour drive. See Yankees at Rays. Okay. Finish that, drive an hour and a half north up to Tampa. Stay two nights, Sunday night, Monday night in Tampa. On Monday, we go see Blue Jays at Yankees. Tuesday, fly home. Mm. It was it was fantastic. A um, lot of things to talk about with good sportsmanship. A couple of things, bad sportsmanship, too. Okay. So that you've witnessed? That, well, yeah, just, okay. just, just this whole thing. And it's going to tie in, there's, there's a lot of direct stuff, and there's some indirect stuff, which is some interesting stuff that we can get into, maybe not necessarily on this show, but in future shows with sure. some of the ideas that we've had. Um, let me start with the most obvious direct application of sportsmanship in Florida. You know, Florida gets that 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 connotation of being all retired senior citizens. It's slow, it's mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's there is an element to it though that is this charming relaxed way of life that really emphasizes this idea of we're all in this together. And Three out of the four ballparks that I went to, I should preface this by saying, so Caitlin was in a wheelchair. She was she, she broke her foot. Right. And um, she had the... How's and, she doing? She's off crutches now. Oh, good. But b- before she went on this trip, like uh, two weeks before she went, she went in for an x-ray. She thought she'd be off crutches. By then, they said it's not fully healed. You got to stay on the crutches for another three weeks. She goes like two days after we get back they say, okay, you've got to remain in the boot, but you can be off crutches now. So we go down there with both the crutches and the wheelchair because we're like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be good to be crutching your way through an airport with bags and things like that, and not to mention at ballparks, so it's gonna, it's just gonna be weird. So we had, we borrowed a folding wheelchair, worked out great.
1: But when you were in Florida,
0: we actually borrowed it from one of her friends here. Oh, and you took it with we you. Took it with us. Oh, really? Yeah. It well, surprisingly, great because you get special treatment when you're in a wheelchair. Right. You know. Now, granted, I'm not. You know, I'm laughing at this a little bit, thinking to myself, "Geez, when we do this next year, I'll break my foot, right. so the tables will turn." You
1: don't want to do no, that, but <laughs> don't
0: do it. You don't. You don't don't do, it. do it. It's not fun. And Caitlin mm-hmm. was saying to everybody, "Wouldn't recommend doing it. Not a good idea." Um. But you know, you you go through TSA, uh, you know, a special way. You get on the plane first. Uh, everyone's very, you know, everyone goes out of their way for you. But at these three, the first three ballparks we went to, they see you in the wheelchair. They go so far out of their way. I I kid you not, it was the it was the sweetest uh, time I've ever had at a baseball game. Hmm. Okay, I I thought. Our first game was Yankees at Red Sox at JetBlue Park in Fort Myers. Okay, right. And Caitlin's a Red Sox fan, and I'm a Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to. Did you have the hats on? No. Well, she wore her stuff. Okay. I was afraid. Uh, I was literally afraid. Mm-hmm. Walk in there. Couldn't have been nicer. Mm. First of all, you got you got fans of both teams all over the place because they realize that it's kind of a vacation thing. there's no animosity. There's people everywhere who are hanging out together who are Yankees and Red Sox fans. It's sweet as as, as can be. even people who, who are Red Sox fans who are who you know don't want to hang out with you, they're not mean, they're not nasty right And then on top of that, I swear to you, they must have a company down there. I should have done more research on this, but they must have a company down there that basically says, hey, are you a retired senior citizen that wants to work? Come work for us. Uh, we'll put you at a ballpark in a shirt and a hat because they're all the same shirts, they're all the same hats, they just have the different logos of the home teams on them. Mm-hmm. And they are the nicest people. They tell you where to go with, with the wheelchair. They they mm. help you. They'll take your picture. They'll do anything and everything for you. Mm. And we, I'm chatting with these guys and whatnot. I'm even saying to them like, "Yeah, I'm a Yankees fan." She's a Red Sox fan. And they're just like, "Hey, that's you know, we're just happy you're here. We want you to have a good time and good. whatnot." I it almost made me cry. Mm. That's how happy I was with this whole thing. Well. Now, you ready for the the twist here? Uh oh. Do you want to guess which of the four ballparks—I'll give you the four home teams again. Okay. Red Sox, Mm -hmm. Twins, Rays, Yankees. We went in that order. Okay. Okay. Guess which one of the four ballparks actually was the least hospitable? Yankees. Correct. Can you believe that? (laughs) Now— I, and listen, this is not going to change my fandom. Okay, right. I'm a Yankees fan, and 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 I'm you know just one experience like that. It wasn't negative, but by contrast, it was below the other three. Hmm. At the other ballparks, even when I'm not with Caitlin, when I'm just going around getting food, things like that, sweet, loving, caring, they get it. They mm-hmm. understand it's an exhibition. They understand it's spring training. They understand people are here on vacation. They're not here to. It's relaxed. It's relaxed. It's not. It's not about winning and losing. Now it's not about like total entertainment, like you know, physical comedy of I'll do whatever I can to entertain you. But it's just everyone's there to just relax and enjoy a day at the game at the ballpark. Yeah, Yankee Stadium, not so much. I guess it's technically George M. Steinbrenner Field, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the the people there both fans and people working the the stadium it was like being in the bronx for a regular season game hmm. it was i'm inconveniencing you hmm. you know they didn't understand that it's and it was the first home game of the spring schedule and i'm like um hello nobody you, you there's no need to yell at an umpire or at players here it's the first time some of these guys are in a game situation all spring. This is probably the first time Dan Sonia is seeing balls and strikes. This and is the first time Aaron Judge is in the batter's box. And they're and they're already and they're already like getting on these guys. And
1: they didn't do that at the other at the other nope.
0: ballparks? Nope. Wow. Not once. Not once. They, they, it, it was so sweet at the other ones. Like, which one would you say is the nicest? As in attitude, attitude, sportsmanship. Probably Minnesota in Fort Myers
1: because they're already so polite.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, and, me, and, and then you and then you put them down south in another polite
0: right state. Let me tell you some um some, some great stories at CenturyLink Sports Complex Hammond Field Hammond Stadium at CenturyLink Sports Complex. So we wheel in. We we go up to the gate. Immediately, ushers are there saying, "Oh, you can go right over to this gate right here for the the handicap entrance." They I, I wheel over. They could not. They were there was one family in front of us because they had a stroller. You know that. And obviously, all of these stadiums now have the full metal detectors. Make you take everything out of your pockets, go through your bags, and what. But again, like the the, like the the lady who was looking at Caitlin's purse, says, "Ma'am, may may I look through your purse?" Okay, just, ma'am, you were fine. Hope you have a fantastic time. You know, I'm like, I feel like I'm inconveniencing the people with you know what I have to take out of my pockets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And everyone, the people working there, the people who with the stroller, just like, no, take your time. We're all we're fine. We're all fine. Yeah, you know, walk in, go into the 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 elevator entrance is actually the same as the players' entrance. So we walk in there. Nice person there, taking uh, helping us with the elevator, ushers saying you know helping us find our seats, what where to put the wheelchair, mm-hmm. whatnot. So we're sitting about four rows from first base on the on the on the outfield side of the of the of the dugout, and you know, there's always. At these minor league game complexes and whatnot, there's always kids running down for balls. You know, like mm-hmm. especially like before hitting start, things like you know during batting practice, sure. the whole yeah. thing. So, there was this one young girl who, whose seat was like second row. Mm-hmm. She brought her glove, and people kept tossing balls to her. She kept the first one, and gave every single one after that out to another kid. Another, another, wow. Plan. You see? Yeah. Just, just fantastic. Just absolutely. How old fantastic. was she? I would, I would put her at maybe 10. That's great. Maybe that was, it was, it was beautiful.
1: See, that's the thing, you know, kids are exposed. It's, it's really, it it's, you, you learn negative behavior. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't naturally exhibit it. Um, and I think you can, you, as, a, as a child, when your mind is more innocent and bright and imaginative and creative and, you know, wide-eyed, mm-hmm. um, you naturally exude good qualities of sportsmanship. Right. Uh, because you realize that it feels good to be nice.
0: And, and it feels right good to, to be nice,
1: be treated nice right. as well. Exactly. And you don't really have to learn that. I mean, that's sort of a given, right? Um, but I feel as when you're exposed to negative aspects of sportsmanship as you grow older, you can be you can it twists you in a way, right? Thinking that it's okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising to me that this ten year old girl was exhibiting positive sportsmanship, and she probably didn't even realize it. Right. She's probably just thinking, well, I already have one ball. Right. Let me give all the other baseballs to other people right. who don't have them. Yep. Because that's the right... That's common sense. Exactly. exactly. You know? it's It sometimes takes the mind of a child to figure out the simplest answers. Right. It's like... Um, in uh, um, Star
0: Wars, in Star episode Wars, episode two, episode two, yep. yeah, Truly maybe great someone the may, mind of a child is
1: right. Maybe yep. someone deleted it from the archives.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Impossible. It's supposed to be right here. Okay, yeah.
1: but it, you know that's. But it's you know, oftentimes the simplest answer is the correct one. Right. And as adults, we get we get so convoluted and we we make things so complicated for unnecessarily yeah. because we learn things that way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a child immediately knows the, as simple as it may be, well, it's the right answer. Right. So yeah, that's, that's a really neat story. They
0: say breakthrough learning ends very young by about the age of 13 or so. So if you have the ability to, to influence kids at those young ages with mm-hmm. those types of things, it goes a long way. Mm. It goes a long way. Um, same story. So the first base coach of the Rays, Ozzy Timmons, was the one who was, you know, and he this is not his home Any relation ballpark. to Tim? No, who was working the plate that night, by oh, the way. Oh, okay. Our good friend Tim Timmons. Okay. Yeah. But Ozzy was, it's not even his home ballpark, and he already has this, like, developed relationship with some of these fans because of the, the nature of spring training and whatnot. It's this, like, close-knit community. And he's... Over there, giving balls to the kids, and he actually like he'll he'll play around with some of the kids a little bit. He gave one of the balls to this girl, and then saw the girl give it away, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And then he she she lifted up the other ball, and says, "I already have one." Gave it to me, and even he was like, blown away, and and that encourages him to be you know to, to to continue to be a good a good role model for these kids you know mm-hmm. no, these these on-field personnel don't owe us anything right but here's a guy who understands that this is spring training that the job is for the players to get ready for him to assist that and if he can be a small part in making the experience of some of the fans that much better without going into a ridiculous mm-hmm. territory he's going to do it right you know
1: and that's the other thing it's not you know it it says a lot when someone who isn't necessarily a superstar mm-hmm. does something like that, because you know it's. I guess it to some degree it's expected of the of the um, the Derek Jeters or right. the the Ichiro Suzuki's uh, to. Um, to 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 display good sportsmanship right um almost as a sos- social ne- necessity right. right because we're all expecting them to yeah. and they do yeah. and they did um and they I'm sure they continue to do so but it's it's when when someone like Ozzy Timmons does it who's not as well known right. um it speaks volumes Correct. because anyone it's it, anyone can do it and everyone should, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the point, um, you know, because it, you know, then it sends a message to the kids or to young fans in general, saying, "Wow, yeah, you know, anyone can be a good sportsman." Right. That means I can be a good sportsman. That means the person I'm giving the ball to can be a good sportsman, and it spreads like it's it snowballs, yeah. and that's the idea. Yeah. So it's just it's just interesting that a third base coach... First base coach. a first base coach. Yeah. Sorry. First base coach would do that. Right. You know? And it just goes to show you that no one is above good sportsmanship. Right.
0: Even uh, Marvin Hudson, who was the first base umpire, mm-hmm. was... I mean, now, granted, you know, he might not have been interacting with the fans as much because he's, he's got a different job to do, but you could see him understanding his role and the nature of the exhibition. As the game's about to start, he comes out, he shakes Ozzy's hand, you know, Mm -hmm. pats him on the back, says hello to to the first basement. Like, literally is just trying to be as cordial and as nice and as friendly as possible. Because again, here's a guy who understands this is an exhibition. We're all in spring training mode. We're all just trying to get our bearings and whatnot. I'm happy to be here and to and and we're all blessed to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. Let's not take it to like we obviously want to do our job. We want to do our mm-hmm. job to the best of our ability and we got right. to take it that seriously. It is a
1: training scenario. Exactly.
0: We have to take that seriously. However, that doesn't exclude us from understanding the humanity of the situation. And and that's that to me speaks a lot. Right. You know? The funniest thing happened. We're leaving the that park that night there was a, uh, a vendor outside, like a sponsor. They were giving away bags of grapefruits. <laughs> it's literally. we're wa- like The I'm grapefruit wheel- league. Exactly. I'm, I'm wheeling Caitlin away, and this woman comes up to us, and she goes, guys, like some grapefruits? So she gives Caitlin four grapefruits. And, and I'm wheeling her back, and Caitlin looks and goes, it's funny, this is the Grapefruit League, and we just got grapefruits. If we go to Arizona, do we get cacti? I looked at her and I was like, I'm going to let go and just let you find your own way home because of that joke. That's great. But it was, it, it, that, that type of a story was just, just beautiful.
1: It sort of makes you wonder or sort of makes you wish that every game was kind of played like that, Uh you know? And, uh, you know, that's the thing I like about spring training is that it's, it's much more relaxed and the, when people are relaxed and just chill and just play, um, it's such a better attitude. Yeah, it 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 is, uh, and, and I wish that you know, I almost sort of wish that games, all games, were played. I that agree
0: way. with you one hundred percent. You know, I I, I, I know I really do.
1: you know, and I know that there's strategy involved, and I know that winning is important for the franchise and for the you know for for monetary reasons. And for pride reasons, I get that, but you know, it just it, there's just it it's just more fun mm-hmm. when you just play to play. Right. And I mean that's the re- that's one of the reasons and I remember I told you this on one of our first episodes where it's one of the reasons why I stopped playing baseball right. because people took it too seriously.
0: I I, I understand. I understand. Completely. You know, my,
1: my coach was really just like, yeah, <laughs> kind of kind of a jerk, <laughs> you know, and uh, and yeah, you know, was yelling profanities. I'm like, we're, we're like 14 years old. Right. Like, let this Relax. Is, like, come on. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's just like when when you're more relaxed and you're you're literally you're just having fun doing what you what you do and what you're trained to do, mm-hmm. what you're getting paid to do. Uh, and that's the thing. These people are being paid right? a lot of money to do this. I mean, if I was, I mean, not that money is the end all be all. I mean, we're both musicians. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I've never seen money before in my life. Right. I mean, like, yeah. So I'm obviously not doing it for the money in the first place. I'm doing it because it's what I love and I want to be happy. But if I was paid $20 million a year to to, to, do something like arranging or composing, um, I'd be on cloud nine. Oh yeah. What? Like I'd I be on even... cloud 18. That's right. two
0: cloud nines.
1: Right. That's one cloud per hole in a round of golf. That's a lot of clouds. That's a lot of golf. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Golf's not even on today.
1: <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but, 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 you know, that's the idea. Like, like, you know, if I'm on a baseball team, right? I'm playing baseball, and if I was playing for so this, this so much money, and I had all these fans around me, and 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 just the atmosphere, and and we were we were all just in a different world, and we were just relaxed, and we were just playing, and and you know, shaking umpires' hands right. and other players' hands, and you know, just 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 playing a game, right? Right. Um, it would be an entirely different world. And, you know, it, my thought would be, and I know maybe this is not the best attitude, but like, okay, if we if we lose in the playoffs, I know we've made it this far. And I know that for what it's worth, we improved as a team. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what matters the most. Right. You know, like I'm, we've made it this far, or even if we didn't make the playoffs— we could just see our progression right maybe maybe i can just look at the look at things through a wide angle lens and see how i've improved over the years right you know and then okay so we didn't make the so we didn't make the playoffs okay we didn't make the we didn't make the world series it's not the end of the world right we have next year yeah Okay, let me just go back to my multi-million-dollar mansion and play golf for two months. Hey,
0: oh gosh, how awful is that? Listen, you know, like it stinks to not win a championship. Your goal is to win a championship, right. okay? And if you want to be someone like a, like a Derek Jeter who believes you know everything was a failure if if you didn't win a championship, well, that's fine and good so long as you don't take it beyond just that that logic level goal and don't, you know, say, well, the world is terrible and, and I got to do, you know, I got to fix this somehow. And, 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 you know, listen, Derek Jeter may want to win a championship every single year and think it's that any year that you don't win a championship is a failure, but I'll tell you something that Derek Jeter's not doing. He's not going home and beating the hell out of everything in his house out of frustration that he didn't win a championship. He might be a little depressed. He might be disappointed in himself. But then he starts to work harder, and he's going to try it again.
1: But some people use that as a means for motivation. Right. You know, um, like some of my students, for example, um, I have one student. Uh, she plays saxophone, and she plays cello. and um,
0: Saxophone and cello, two very, very different instruments. Uh-huh. One is a wind instrument where you have to put your mouth on it and blow through it to make it work. And the other's a saxophone. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. That's clear. I've been doing it wrong all these years, apparently. <laughs> uh, but um, she's very um, hard on herself. Yeah. And it's really difficult to teach those kinds of students for the best reasons possible. Right. Because s- she's so nice and she's really good, and but she won't believe it. And I said, all right, well, you know what? Record yourself once a week. And listen to yourself after a year and, and tell me that again, you know, I see you once a week so I can see the improvement. You see yourself every day. Right. So it's harder for yourself to gauge how much you've improved. Right. So I think a lot of players who are hard on themselves for that reason feel the same way. Um, And they look at winning championships as a benchmark.
0: The validation that everything they're doing is worth it.
1: In a way, I get it. I see what they're going for. And if you don't win it and you're upset and you expect to win it each year, use that as a means of motivation for next time. Right. Um, And if not, or you can just, you know, the opposite effect was, you know what, we tried, we did our best. I know I played my hardest. The team chemistry was there. We just didn't do it this year. Yeah, No yeah, use crying over spilt milk. Yeah. <laughs> time to go back at it the, the next year. Right. Take some time off. Recuperate. Mental. Yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? Is the mental break that you need after, what, 10 months of playing nonstop?
0: I mean... Get there in February. You make it to the World Series. You're done in November.
1: Forget yeah. it. I mean, that's... No, that that is I don't for one I could I can't fathom how much work that is. Yeah. Um but you know, it's just all about keeping a positive attitude and using that time that that time off is is a form of reflection. Right. And mental um you know, recovery.
0: Right. So a couple of other things I wanted to, to, to highlight mm-hmm. when we were at JetBlue Park, which is where the Red Sox play, so we got there kind of early in Fort Myers. In Fort Myers, okay, and uh, we had we had seats on top of their Green Monster because it's a it's an exact replica of Fenway.
1: Oh, really? So we're, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so okay. we're
0: we're on top of the Green Monster. It was hot. Okay, because it, oh, it, it was unseasonably hot for February in Florida. Okay. It was like ninety with ninety percent humidity, which is nice. a little too hot for Florida in oh. February. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like,
1: that must have killed you. Well,
0: let's put it this way. <laughs> You're day, still alive. Yeah, well, the day before uh before any baseball actually happened, what we did was we we ended up renting a pontoon boat and going out on the boat and then we and then we went did, it, That's what I said. Exactly. Did you the, sing the uh the, the, John
1: Barry James Bond theme
0: from Moonraker? from Moonraker? And I said, "No, I was actually just trying to recreate the entire boat chase from Live and Let Die." <laughs> Which is that's fine. That works too, right? Okay. <laughs> I sent I sent a clip of that to our other friend Sean, and he sent back the entire boat chase. From really, the, like that's, a clip he got off of IMDb. That's amazing. <laughs> so, um, I we were we did that, and then we went on a we went on a like an hour and a half um, dolphin watching expedition, oh. which was I didn't think I would like it. It was fantastic, hmm. but those two things combined, I thought I had bathed in enough, enough sunscreen. Mm-hmm. I did not. I was burnt to a crisp all along the right side of my, my face and neck and whatnot. It was painful. Mm-hmm. We, I had to bathe in aloe for about a, a day or two. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, but, but we're up on top of the monster. And we're there like – we got there at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees are just out stretching. They haven't even started batting practice yet. And the ushers are there and whatnot. And I show the usher the ticket and whatnot. And we we have a we have a stool seat over here and whatnot. And he said, Hey, no one's here yet. Why don't I put you right here in the wheelchair section? Hang out as long as you want. If the people who, who bought these seats come, we'll move you, we'll take care of you. But for now, enjoy this. This is this is for you until the people who bought the seat come come and claim it. Like who does that? Who wow. who says to somebody, Listen, I got you covered? You know, obviously, oh. I can't bend the rules. If someone bought this seat, right. I have to give it to them. Yeah, but if there's nobody here right now, why not take it? And mm-hmm. I'll I'll take care of it. I'll move you to the seat you're supposed to be in at that point. That's that's not just good sportsmanship. That's good customer service. Yeah, you know that made me a Yankees fan say, I want to go back to Fenway South. Yeah. I want to go back to that stadium where right. the Red Sox play, mm-hmm. which I, we, we jokingly call enemy territory. Mm-hmm. But because I know how I'm going to be treated,
1: right. that,
0: that means everything. And and so those types of things. I mean, the vendors were, who were who were selling shirts and hats were so ni- you know even though they knew you I was a Yankees fan they couldn't have been nicer. Mm-hmm. It was at the at at the Charlotte Sports Complex, which is when Port Charlotte where the Rays play. Mm-hmm. So I walk in with Caitlin, who I'm rolling in, and uh, I'm wearing uh, the hat that I brought was my umpire hat, my Major League Baseball umpire hat, as opposed to a Yankees cap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm wearing an OSIP shirt. And uh, so I put Caitlin in her seat. And um, I, I go and get us some food before the game starts. So I'm in line and I, I go up to a very nice lady and she says, what can I get you? And she's helping me and she's, it's going smoothly. She's nice. She's not in a hurry, mm-hmm. you know, whatnot. She looks at the shirt and she goes, that's a great shirt. That's how it needs to be. Like, even a vendor who's, like, got a job to do wow. of just trying to get people their concessions is just, like, takes the time to say, yeah, that's that's how we should be doing this with sportsmanship.
1: That's great. So,
0: so, I I just could not thank these people enough. I'll give you another one at the same place. So, we pull into the parking lot. Now, all of these complexes don't have a lot of parking, mm-hmm. okay? So, when spring training is in town... Um, you know, the, the parking is literally they put you on these grass fields that surround the, the the park. Usually it's like some of them are like soccer fields. Some of them are other baseball fields that are in the complex, things like that. So they really, you know, they got to improvise a little bit. So we park at Port Charlotte and I go to get Caitlin out. I get the wheelchair and whatnot. And these guys come running over like, hey, 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 hey. I'm thinking like, oh, oh, geez, I'm in trouble. What did I do? What do I do? They're like, we didn't know you had a wheelchair. No, let's let's take you to the handicap parking. I was like, are you sure? We don't mind. Like, no, no, but get in, get in the car. We'll tell you what to do. So they send us around and say, where are you go-? you know? They say, go see that guy over there. Just drive over to him. Say, got a wheelchair, and he'll he'll put you in the parking right up up front. Don't need a placard. You paid. You're good. Just just you know, you'll be fine. Wow, I, I couldn't believe it. Wow, you know. Now at Steinbrenner Field, <clears throat> mm-hmm. very difficult to understand their parking situation because it's like the Bronx. So we pull in, didn't realize that we were in the preferred parking section where you needed a pass. And they said, Nope, you're going to have to turn around. You can't park here. Okay, can we turn around here? No, you're actually going to have to go straight all the way through this complex, all the way to the end, and come around and make a 10 minute U turn, basically. So we're like, All right. So we pull up, and we, as we're about a minute into this drive, right near the stadium, there's a handicap section for parking and it says handicap lot full and basically the guard is stopping everybody just to talk to him to make sure that you know he knows what's going on and whatnot. Mm-hmm. older gentleman very nice and um so I pull up I pull, push, pull my window down and I'm about to tell and he says yeah parking straight ahead I said she's got a wheelchair and crutches and he goes you just said the magic word guys I got a chair alright thanks turn right in here into this full lot Follow these guys, they'll tell you exactly where to go. So I was very grateful for that, that, oh, wow. that we were able to park in that lot with just a wheelchair. And I actually saw uh, Kenny Singleton walking to his car after the game in really? the same lot. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a little too far away for me to run up to him and get a picture and handshake and whatnot, but oh, it, was, man. It, it was so much... I'm looking, I'm like, oh my God, that's Ken Singleton. He's walking over to his car. That's like you know in the next lot over like or the next line right oh my god it was, it was oh, so cool oh man you should have said you know? hello but i but i'm i'm, I'm putting a wheelchair away yeah. i can't you know i can't really just drop everything and say honey i'll be right back you know but yeah you can yeah, i guess i could yeah. <laughs> 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 so so that was good but like there was just something the vibe at that stadium was just not the same as the vibe mm-hmm. at the other stadiums. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that it was poor. Like I didn't feel insulted, but I, I could, you didn't feel the going above and beyond. I didn't as... feel the same love. Mm. And maybe that was just a, co- a combination of the people who were there, like the fans, because let's face it. And I'm a Yankee fan. Yankee fans take it a little too seriously sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Mixed with all the other aspects of it, mm-hmm. is what kind of just you didn't feel the same love that you did at the other three yeah. parks. Um, so that was it was just a very interesting experience from that. I I highly recommend to anyone uh, who's looking to do it, go do it. Go do the spring training tour. Take a couple of days. Go to all the as many different ballparks as you can. You know, yeah, they're all close to exactly. each other. Exactly. If you go, if you go on the west coast of Florida, okay, um, if you plan it out right, the 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 far, it's it's maybe two and a half hours between the farthest south and the farthest north stadium. So you Great. Can, you can hit uh, Fort Myers for the Twins and the Red Sox. You drive a, a half hour north to Port Charlotte for the Rays. You drive an hour and or you, you can you can keep going north. You're going to run into uh, Sarasota for the Orioles, Bradenton for uh, the Pirates, Tampa for the Yankees, and then right there next to Tampa, you've got Clearwater for the Phillies, Dunedin for the Blue Jays. Um, if you keep going a little bit more, you've got uh, Lakeland for the Tigers. So you've got all of those teams right there. Hmm. And then you know you can if you wanted to hop over to the other side of Florida, you can hit the Braves the Astros, the uh, Nationals, the Cardinals, the Marlins, and the Mets. Hmm. You know But that's kind of on the other side of Florida and whatnot. But just, just, a, just a great, great experience from that. Hmm. Um, a couple of other part, parts of it where I, I really wanted to, to mention some sportsmanship. And this is a little bit more indirect, but still, it means something. So we ate very, very well down there. I don't think I had a bad meal outside of uh, one story I'll I'll mention a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But um, we found a nice little uh, bistro that's both Italian and Ecuadorian. Ooh. Yeah. That
1: sounds nice. It was
0: very, very good. It was uh, uh, Mina's Bistro in Fort Myers. Hmm. Now, everything in Fort Myers closes by like 10 because, you know, old people. Right. But... But, again, fantastic. <laughs> the, 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 our waiter was a snowbird from Connecticut. So he would spend all this time talking with us and whatnot. Again, these, just these people get it. They understand the nature of the being. And they, mm-hmm. and they say, yeah, let's talk. Let's have a good time and whatnot. Could not have been nicer. That's great. Um, we went to, I don't know if you've ever heard of this chain. I did not know this was a chain. We saw this in Fort Myers. It's called the Mellow Mushroom. Ooh. Okay. So I love mushrooms. It's let, let me tell you, I had the best cream of mushroom soup there Ooh. I've ever had in my life. We discovered it's actually a chain. It's all over the South. There is one in New Jersey, in Tom's River. So I told Caitlin that, and she's like, "We're going. We uh, are going. I'm going with you." Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fine. It I was, love mushrooms. It was. It was. It was delicious. Hmm. It was, I couldn't believe, for a chain restaurant, I could not believe how good it was. Hmm. You know? Um, what is it called? Mellow Mushroom. Mellow? I kept saying Magic Mushroom, like Super Mario Brothers, but, you know. Or, Careful. <laughs> or, or what they were probably eating when they designed the place, because let's face it, it was a little trippy. Okay. Just a little bit. Hmm. But it was very nice. It was very, very good. Hmm. Um, we We ate at the hotel bar in Tampa one night again, could not have been nicer. I mean, it was the Sunday night of the Oscars mm-hmm. so and there was a there was some convention in town and whatnot. so there are a lot of like guys from the South who were just around like drinking significantly, but Caitlin and I just sat at this like couch area and the the bartender came She's this sweet sweet girl came over and just waited on us and whatnot and just could not again understood the nature of just being friendly of, of, of the, the job and that customer service speaks to good sportsmanship. And then, then then we then we ate at this place called the Cooper's Hawk. Uh, it's a winery and a restaurant in Tampa. There's a couple of them around the country. I think Cooper's Hawk? Yeah, I think the closest That sounds
1: like a steak place. It's
0: it well <laughs> it sounded more like Cooper's Town, oh. you know. But it was it, I think the closest to us here is actually in Maryland. Okay. But again, Oh, so that's a chain It's as a well. chain, but not a lot. Okay. Not a lot of, of locations. Again, same thing. Customer service was so good. And the food at all of these places was delightful. Um, when we rented a boat on, fr- on that Friday right. at Salty Sam's Marina. again, Salty Sam's Marina. Yeah. Again, could not have been nicer. Yep. I, I didn't know a damn thing about driving a boat. And they made the experience that great. That's great. You know, just I, 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 was, I was blown away. It, it made me very teary-eyed at how happy I was that these people made this trip for me, you know, because you kind of – for at least for me, I pictured mm-hmm. Florida kind of like as an encapsulation of, like, Disney World mm-hmm. in that everyone just, you know, you, you go in, you get out. It's just, you know, lines and, and nobody cares and just, you know, you're here for the kids and everyone else just, just wants to do their job, get paid, go home. Like, just really, like, don't bother me. I understand – Outside of that, this this world is is better. Yeah. It's relaxed. You know? No potholes on the road. Wanna move? <laughs> Let me tell you. I told Caitlin, I said, when we're older, I would not be opposed to spending a month for spring training down here. Like if mm. you wanted to go down like around Valentine's Day and then head back at the end of March or something like that.
1: That time will increase. I'm I sure. I would not as be you, surprised as you I get would, older.
0: Would, listen, once I'm ordained, it might be different. Right. But I would not. I just. I'm like. I. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "This is. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely beautiful." Um. Now, a couple of poor sportsmanship things. Right. All right. Okay. There were. There were four total things, on this trip, that. I was a little disappointed by. Okay. Okay. Now, one of them I mentioned already, that was the sunburn. Can't really What am I going to do? Is that S- bad sports? Yeah, spike the, the sun. sun. How dare you burn me.
1: <laughs> that you are an exhibitor of bad sportsmanship, Mr. Sun. <laughs> How dare you cast your solar rays on the side of my neck, you pervert. <laughs>
0: I would just like to mention that we are thirty-year-olds yelling at the sun. Yep. Okay. We're gonna. We're gonna. We need a job where we wear a shirt that has our name on it, as Jeff Foxworthy would say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, number two was the experience at George M. Steinbrenner Field. Okay. Okay. Um, number three was the first place we stayed. So the the second place.
1: Wait the the at George M Steinbrenner Field. Um, was this the one where they redirected you to go around?
0: Yeah, and then and okay. then and then also, but the idea that it was just not as warm and friendly. As oh, the other oh, okay, ones, you okay. Know? okay. So I So nothing was, more specific. No, no. Okay, so I, I told you everything about Steinbrenner Field there. Okay. Um, number three was the first place we stayed. Now the second place we stayed was the Hilton at the at the Tampa Airport. That may have been one of the nicest experiences I've ever had at a hotel. Hmm. It was again friendly, um, affordable for the luxury. Took care of you, went out of their way. Like okay, so they didn't have valet parking. Boo hoo, you know? Just exactly. Who cares? It was it, but yeah. oh my god, I just I we felt like we were in heaven. Mm. especially based upon the experience we had at the first place. Mm. Now, where, and we only spent two nights at the Hilton, and we spent three nights at the other place. Now, I'm not going to tell you the name of the other place, but I will tell you that it was the Holiday Inn Express in Fort Myers. <laughs> um, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just tell you some of the things about this place. Um, in, I said I had one poor meal. It was the breakfast at this place which oh, had no. which had no flavor. It was disgusting. I was just like, this is I, I didn't wanna I didn't want to eat breakfast.
1: Was it one of those continental
0: Yeah, it was kind of continental, but it was it was like it was like going to a school cafeteria almost. Mm. You know? Like I don't expect the, the the large luxurious buffet. You know, you get that in some places, but yeah. you know, at in, in Tampa we just we just had room service for breakfast and mm. it was fine. Yeah, You know, it was, we each had an omelet and, and fruit and that was it and Mm. coffee and tea and, and orange juice. Mm. Easy. It's like in, uh, from Russia with love when he's in, uh, Istanbul, uh, breakfast for one at nine, please. Green figs, yogurt, coffee, very black. Thank you. Yeah. So exactly. Uh, the, the meal was very, very substandard. I was very disappointed by, by the Mm. breakfast, um, but then... Breakfast is my favorite meal. It's a good meal. And I'm not even up for it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but... Uh, There's a whole new world
1: for you to I, I can't... Yeah. But, hey, yeah. I was
0: getting up by like 9 a.m. on this trip. Florida makes you wake up early. Yeah. It makes you go to bed early, too. Mm-hmm. I, That's why I guess they're all snowbirds. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> um, so, the first thing, in addition to the breakfast... The first night we're there, at uh, at two twenty four in the morning, the fire alarm goes off. Oh, nice. Okay, Uh, you know, obviously they have an alarm in each room. Okay, Uh, so and it only went off for like five seconds, but it's enough to to wake you up. And it's the 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 sound was the equivalent to the uh, the Virgin alarm from Spaceballs, the Mm, mm, yeah. mm, Okay, with the strobe light going off. Yeah. Okay. So it was literally only three whoops, if you will, and like two flashes. And then it went off. But then your anxiety kicks in because you're like, okay, was it actually a fire? Do I need to do anything?
1: I think it would have lasted longer. Right, you would think so. But then
0: you're like, uh, it was an electrical problem where I need to be... Afraid that this thing's gonna interrupt my sleep even more? Like mm-hmm. you know like so
1: <clears throat> it did is- they ever find out what it was?
0: That's where I'm when I'm gonna get. Oh, to now. Okay <clears throat> Now the next morning, this is the day that we rented the pontoon boat. Uh-huh. We stopped at the little side cafe by the front desk to get some drinks and snacks and whatnot for the day when we rented the boat and then went out on the dolphin tour and whatnot. And um, we paid for it at the front desk. So we're at the front desk paying, and I said to the the young lady behind the desk, uh, completely random question. Any idea why the fire alarm went off at two twenty four in the morning for five seconds? Now, at a place like a hotel, mm-hmm. you would think that the response would be something along the lines of, "We're so sorry for that." Um, there was a we, we have a faulty sensor somewhere. Um, it was we you know we, we 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 saw it as soon as it happened. Uh, we got we there's somebody out looking at it right now. It's like ten in the morning at this point. You know, obviously we couldn't get anybody. You know, overnight, but you know we called them. They came out right away. Here they are. They're working on it. Uh, it's not going to happen again. We are so sorry. Like I don't expect a credit. I don't expect right. them to do something for me. Just you know, give me a straight answer of of that and tell me that you're sorry. You know, mm-hmm. the lady says to me the following, and I'm going to back up from the microphone so you get the full effect. Yeah, I checked the the grid right now and I saw it. Yeah, we got a faulty sensor on the sixth floor. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, someone's looking at it now. Okay. Um. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like I, I I was so shocked at that. We weren't out Did she literally yell? It it wasn't so much a yelling at me. It was more of just like, okay, the decibel level of your voice is here. We're in a hotel. You could probably drop it down to maybe here. I'm not <laughs> deaf. Yeah. You know? Um, we weren't even out the door to the parking lot before Caitlin turns to me and says if that thing goes off again tonight we're not staying the third night. And I was like I'm thinking that, mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not sure I'm going to say it mm-hmm. and and she beat me to it. So I was I was like, "Okay. At least uh, we're all on the same wavelength there." Right. And then the final straw. So housekeeping. We're all familiar with this. At the same place? At the same place. Um housekeeping usually comes in when you're not there and cleans the room you know uh, so the housekeeping at this place uh, had this thing where when we checked in we had two unopened bars of soap in our bathroom so when we got there and you know we go to wash your hands you open one you leave the bar of soap by the, by the sink okay fine housekeeping comes in on Friday cleans the room they throw out the, the used bar of soap you still got the other one there Fine, okay. Saturday we we go out, we come back to see housekeeping had been here. Housekeeping did not replenish either the soap or the toilet paper. Mm. So there's nothing weirder than having to call the front desk and say, Could you please replenish our soap and toilet paper?
1: It happens more times than you think.
0: Yeah, I was I was the girl who who brought it up was like a front desk person who looked who was like on her phone while i was while i was opening the door yeah and like she couldn't be bothered by this and i was just i was shocked i was like i didn't think it was that difficult to to understand those basic necessities right um you know that type of stuff indirectly speaks to sportsmanship mm-hmm. because although it's not competition there's still a partnership between the establishment and the client where you have to work together for a certain result
1: well in a sense it also could be c- competition if they're competing with other local That's businesses it. there's
0: that too right you know so now because of that you've basically told me as the customer don't spend your money here go mm. to another go to another competitor and and invest your money over there right so again, poor sportsmanship in the manner of poor customer service does more harm than good. Mm-hmm. You, know? Um, I, I, it's, it, you know, I it's you know we we've talked about trying to have some business people on the show to talk about that, and this kind of is very apropos to that. Is that yeah. it's not that it's not that difficult to treat others the way that you would want to be treated. Yeah, you know, and then the final one was the uh, the flight home. Um, granted, we, we, we had a great experience at, at the airports. Um, when we got to the Tampa airport, we actually got a chair massage before we, we, cause we had so much time to kill mm-hmm. before we got on the plane. Um, and actually kudos to our rental, rental car people as well. Um, when we pulled up to return the car, they saw the wheelchair and the guy who couldn't, couldn't have been 30 years old working that said, Oh, stay in the car. I'll drive you right to the terminal. He takes he, he takes us in that car right to the terminal, rather than having us to take the you know the the tram and all that stuff and mm-hmm. you know what. Again, people get it. They understand. It's not that difficult. You wouldn't get that kind of service in Newark. No, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> even if you had a wheelchair. Yeah. You know. Um. So we get to the terminal a little early. Obviously, because we had budgeted more time to take the transportation from the rental car place to the the terminal, and and I sh- and I should I should give them a plug too. It was Avis and Hertz. I think it was Avis technically, out of the Avis Hertz uh, partnership that did this. So uh, you know, a, a, a big chunk of my heart goes out to those people who do their job and do it well, and understand that that type of good customer service goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, So we flew, we're flying Frontier. Um, The people at the, uh, the baggage check, which is the first stop in the terminal, made us wait an hour because they weren't accepting bags yet for our flight. So we literally are sitting there in the corner of the airport with nothing to do, just looking at these people. There's no one else in line at the frontier.
1: Was there maybe another flight coming in and they had to sort that
0: out. You know what it could have been and there were other flights that they were accepting luggage for. There were like mm. two other flights ahead of us. So let me preface it also by saying that that wasn't the end all be all. That right, cuz that happens. That that might happen. So I'm not now I'm also mm. thinking like, you know, she's in a wheelchair. Can you can you help us out a little bit? But mm-hmm. regardless, that that wasn't like where I, I lost it, mm-hmm. so to speak, or it was pushed over the edge, whatever. So we, we check our bags, everything's great. We go to security. Now, the TSA in Trenton was great. And obviously, Caitlin has to do the full pat down because she's in a wheelchair. You know, she can't, she can't, at the time, could not put weight on her foot. So she couldn't go in the uh, special machine where you put your hands up and they do the full body right. scan and whatnot. So she has to do the full pat down in trenton again the lady couldn't have been nicer she was very you know in trenton actually they stopped me because i had orthotics in my shoes and they had to check and i was like i got a heel lift in there you, you know they're like oh okay fine you know but i was like i'm freaking out like am i am i gonna get stopped by the tsa and they're like it's just a heel lift we're fine you know on the way home i said to the guy at the tsa like i've got orthotics that i got stopped for. He says, don't worry about it i got you you know so and my jewelry again same thing it was fine um Caitlin had to wait for another female agent to come give her a pat down and whatnot because she couldn't go through the machine. The lady literally said to her like five different times, why can't you walk? Why can't you, you know, take your cane through the machine? And she had to say like, okay, what aren't you getting that I can't put weight on this foot? I'm in a wheelchair. Okay? Okay. I don't have a cane. I have metal crutches, which obviously also won't work in the machine. Like, I I could not believe the gall of this What airport was this? This was Tampa. It was one woman. Everyone else at the TSA was very friendly. there There was another woman at the TSA who was, you could tell that, you know, she was a little perturbed just because of something else. And, you know, the TSA have a tough job. You know, I try and, you know, they're the type of people where it's like, listen... They're, they're, it's not fun being a TSA agent. And keep in mind also, they're fresh off of a government shutdown. Right. Exactly. There are other things that go into this stuff. I get it. You always
1: got to look at it. Right. Everyone has a story.
0: Right. And that's another reason why I try not to judge these people too much. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and you can kill them with kindness in that way. If you, if you're just overly kind, sometimes you can make a day. Mm -hmm. You can make someone, someone might've been having a terrible day. Mm -hmm. You just say, it's okay, man. I appreciate the work that you do. God bless you. And all of a sudden, they got that smile on their face, and their day's not so bad anymore. Right. That's that's good sportsmanship. Yeah. So the TSA was number two. So then we go, and uh, we got the chair massage. The people there were fantastic. Again, good sportsmanship there. Um, a wheeler up to our gate. So now they've changed our gate because there was a delay Due to one thing, so we so again not an issue. Change from like gate seventy five to seventy one. Not a, not a big deal. Finally, time to board. Roll her on first because she's in a wheelchair. Um. The following things start happening, where you're just like, you're just like wondering like, what what is going on here, um another woman in a wheelchair was rolled on by someone who was working at the airport who must have known her because he was like kissing her like, like it was his mom or something. Mm-hmm. Puts her in the wrong seat. So now we've got a conflict where they put her in a stretch seat and someone who had paid extra for that stretch seat's like, um, I, this is my seat. And now the flight crew is like, how do we move this woman who was in a wheelchair? You know? The epilogue to that story flight lands thinking this woman can't walk she gets up and walks out like 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 i think she had a cane with her that she that we they didn't see but like didn't need the wheelchair and apparently like one of the flight members said to us like you would not believe the number of times that people are miraculously cured on these things we start by checking twelve wheelchairs and we've got two left over because people just walk away without I,
1: them. That is the worst thing you can do.
0: Yeah, um, it's like insurance fraud, basically. Yeah,
1: you know, um, Sam really gets irked by that. Really, you know, she works at grounds for sculpture, right? And uh, you know, people take the the motorized carts around, and um, sometimes yeah, they don't need them. Yeah. I'm like, well, why don't you give that to someone who actually needs it? Yeah. Right? Um, Yeah, I mean, that sort of thing is really um, borderline disgusting. It is. Because, you know, you're depriving someone who actually needs it um, from that conveyance, Mm -hmm. that necessary conveyance. Right. Um, to see things that they might not otherwise be able to see, or go places they might not otherwise be able to go. Right. Um. Yeah. I'm that. That really bothers it's me. It's a
0: very Eric Cartman like thing to do. It, yeah, you know? it is. And and then and then to, mm-hmm. in some places to have the audacity to then to have attitude. Like, how many times I can't tell you how many times I've been at like the store, or like Sam's Club or something like that, where you see someone who's in the motorized cart. And then they're the ones getting attitude when people like won't get out of their way, like, like how how dare you not move for me? I'm in a I'm in a cart, you know, in a in a motorized cart. I deserve to go ahead of you in line. Like, no, listen, you you're in a you're in a it's not, and I, and again, I I don't want to be this guy, but someone's in a cast, someone is truly disabled, that that that's a reason to say, let me help you, right. If someone's just like lazy, or thinks that you know what I'm a little overweight, I can I should just get in this. It's a lot easier to be in this than to walk. You can wait in line mm-hmm. with the you know I don't you want I'm not going to even try and pretend to know whether or not you need to be in that that motorized cart. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not my job to judge you, but I don't see a cast. I don't see you know a, a, a real major reason why that could be happening. Just wait. Just mm-hmm. be thankful that you're in the car and that, you know, we're all good people and whatnot. You don't have to then tell me to get out of your way because you're in a cart. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. You need I mean, it's I mean, again, you know, everyone has a story and you know, I'm I'm never quick to judge in those situations. You never have the
0: leverage but, to do so. But you if know? you see
1: someone getting up and walking, right. Uh what
0: did what, I miss? What was that? Yeah.
1: Like yeah. are you kidding me?
0: Right. So to to put the cap on that part of of the flight home before we took off. First there was a 20 minute delay because there was no communication between the ground crew and the flight crew. They caught an error before we took off because we had changed gates. The luggage that was on our flight was actually the luggage to the Syracuse flight that was at the other gate and oh, our no. luggage was on the other one. So, so they, they had
1: the transport. They had, it all? They, so
0: we were there was a twenty minute delay while they changed that. And they okay. still lost someone's luggage. Right. I was I saw that at the Trenton Airport. Um but then what happened and, and now here's one we can really kind of get into and in before we wrap up. So there's a 20 minute delay. The flight attendants have already done the full safety thing. Mm-hmm. They've locked all the doors. They've done everything necessary outside of push away from the terminal and, and, and allow us to start rolling on the runway. Okay. okay. And then they catch this, this thing, and so now we're just literally sitting there while they're changing that stuff, but the doors are sealed, double-checked. The whole thing is done. The gate agent has three people come up to him while we're sitting there, who are supposed to be on that flight. And decides to let them on the flight. After the doors are closed. After the doors are closed. Because we're in now in a 20 minute delay. Because of the luggage stuff. The flight crew. Is so upset. Because. Now they have to go through the whole. Thing all over again. Just for these three people. And furthermore. And I didn't know this. Flight attendants. Flight crews. Uh. Don't get paid until the wheels go up. So the longer they're delayed, the longer they're not getting paid. Yeah. So you know the 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 pilot came on after while we were delayed and they were changing that, saying, "Listen, in the interest of getting everybody home, we got to let three more people on." But you could see the tension that was building, you know, and whatnot, because that's not standard. Procedure, you miss your flight. You miss your flight. I'm sorry. Um, It's kind of a safety thing too. Like, Mm -hmm. why am I gonna, you know, why am I gonna let someone who's late for a flight on when you know they didn't have the you know the ability to get on in the first place? I mean, it's you 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 could be letting someone dangerous on the plane, you know. Um,
1: And even if you were delayed, that's still not protocol, right? The fallacy
0: of the predetermined predetermined outcome, Mr. Michael K. (laughs) Um, But it's just. there's something about that, because on one hand, it's like, listen, if you were in that situation, you would want to be treated that way. You would want someone to say, yeah i'll I'll let you on the flight because it's a lot easier to get home that way than to wait another night before you can get home and whatnot mm-hmm. but there's but there's a protocol and a safety precaution as well, so it really puts you in a in a tough spot, you know, yeah, um the flight home was a little bumpy. I felt like everyone on on that plane was sick. But uh, other than that, which made you sick? Well, it just made yeah. me like, okay, don't go, no, don't touch anything, don't look at anything, don't move. Breathing is optional. <laughs> Get home and take an emergency, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we landed, and we and we were coming off the plane, so we obviously went last because we we're waiting for a wheelchair, and they had no idea what the protocol was for the wheelchair. So I'm like walking around, like I exit the plane and then you walk down the ramp and you're supposed to go into the baggage terminal area. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like slowing down. Cause I'm looking for the wheelchair. I'm looking for something like, okay, where's the wheelchair? Cause I got a girl on crutches here and it's not even our wheelchair. We borrowed it. And one of the, one of the security agents like comes over an intercom and says, sir, you have to get in the building. It's a security. thing." And I wanted to be like, calm down. You know, I'm, I, I need a wheelchair for a disabled girl. And then when the guy really like came in and realized what the problem was, he was apologetic, you know, mm-hmm. so he got it and realized like oh I shouldn't I should have been you know a little bit more. And I and I said to him like you're just doing your job. I'm not I'm not yeah. going to I'm not going to come down on you because you you didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, just we just we just want the wheelchair. That's all, and you know, and, and it's fine after that. But it, but again, it, you compile all those things together. Welcome to New Jersey. I know, right? <laughs> so, long story short, the trip was good. Good. It was. I, I, I hope to do it again. But good. I hope that but those examples of both good and bad sportsmanship kind of you know provide a couple of examples to people where it's like you know this 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 is applicable everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of the reasons behind the good sportsmanship in other places other than the tri-state area is because, you know, we're in this rush-rush sort of environment. Right. And um, we don't take time to smell the roses. Right. And um, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut
0: is not... Even Pennsylvania to a degree. To
1: a degree, is not really known for, um, and I'm not going to say that everyone isn't polite, but the likelihood of <laughs> running into someone who's not as polite as they could be is higher right. in this area than it would be, you know, not from this area. Right. Um, quick story for me, actually. Sure. Um, when Sam and I went up to Maine... Uh, actually, was it, was it Maine? Yeah, it was, we went up to Portsmouth, Maine and, um, we went on a brewery tour. Oh, nice. So like we went to all these different breweries in the new England. Okay. Um, and, uh, great trip. This is gosh, maybe seven or eight years ago at this point. And um, I saw an older gentleman in an, in a motorized wheelchair okay. crossing the street, and his his he was wearing a baseball cap, and it flew off his head. Okay, and I was wearing my Yankees cap, and I I'm like, oh, sir, you you know you you dropped your ball cap and it was a red Sox cap right and i gave it back to him and he points at me he's like "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah and so we start we start talking and it turns out this is why i was living in pompton lakes he was from willowbrook like the willowbrook area yeah so like the wayne in wayne right and uh i was like oh my gosh what a small world so we were talking about that but he was he was so nice um And just, just thank you so much. Oh, that, you know, that was really nice of you. You didn't have to do that. It just, you know, it's just a different environment. Yeah. Even if, and you were in Florida, I was, this was in Maine, but it's just, um, you know, uh, being nice is, uh, apparently pretty difficult in, in, in this area sometimes. it is, it is. Um, and it sort of makes you appreciate other places, um, I do, I, not to say that I don't like it in New Jersey. I love New Jersey. I'm a New Jerseyan. Ditto. Um, first and foremost, of course. But that doesn't preclude you from being nice. Right. You know, um, and not everyone from New Jersey is a jerk. Right. Okay, from people listening to this who are not from New Jersey, not everyone from New Jersey is mean. Okay, we just get that ne- negative stereotype. Um, but... Unfortunately, for good reason. I mean, the,
0: you know, stereotypes exist for a reason. Right. Sometimes, right. You know? Like yeah. you
1: know, like when you were talking about George M. Steinbrenner Field, right? You know, a lot of transplants there, mm-hmm. and it just the environment, as you said, was more assimilated to the Bronx. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying people from the Bronx are mean, but they call it the Bronx cheer for a reason, right? Right. Um, you know, so it's just it just gives you a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the average lifespan for people in this area is um, is less than for people who live in Southern California or in, in Florida. I right. mean, people tend to live longer in warmer climates, in more relaxed climates, um, just because of, you know, things like blood pressure, cholesterol levels, stress levels, uh, just... You know just and, and people are just nicer right it makes you live longer right it's
0: good for your health yes you know good sportsmanship is good for your health it's not rocket science
1: right so you know I actually tried to and um, you know changing the subject a little bit, um i had new wiper blades put on my car
0: congratulations thank you uh
1: this was right before the snowstorm
0: oh how how apropos
1: yeah Yeah. so um one of them was like peeling off so i went to the um my friendly neighborhood local auto zone get in the zone yeah uh in kendall park okay and i go in and the guy's like what kind of car do you have and i'm like oh hyundai elantra 2016 he's like all right so you're gonna need these blades. Uh, do you want? Do you want me to put them on for you? I'm like, oh wow. Um, I mean, I, if I mean, my car is here. It's parked right outside. Um, yeah, I mean, if that would be that would be not great. Too much trouble? Either. Yeah. If it's not too much trouble, thank you. That's really nice of you. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. So he walks out, and um, he's got a little bit of a of a little bit of a gimp. Okay. And uh, I'm like, oh man, I feel like a jerk, you know, making him walk out like this. And I'm—he's putting on the the wipers, and um, I'm like, you know, there's a bagel place right next door. Can I get you anything? A cup of coffee or like a bagel or something? He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Um, so I go over to the bagel place, and I get myself a bagel, and uh, I had a ten dollar bill. Okay, and I'm like, all right let me break it yeah you know and uh they gave me a five and you know a, a one i'm like well i'm not gonna give this guy one dollar yeah so um you know like i walk outside the wipers are neatly placed on my car really nice they work great and i run inside i'm like look dude thank you for everything here's a five uh, you know right and he his eyes lit up it was this is like eight thirty in the morning it's like I, I made this guy's week, it right. looked like. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I didn't think of it as a big deal. I mean, I'm like, all right, well, he performed a service that he didn't have to perform. Right. He was really nice. Uh anyone who lives in the Kendall Park, New Jersey area, AutoZone is your place. Yeah.
0: I'm doing like a I'm, I feel like we're doing an we're, ad we're here. We're both just giving just but kudos to everybody.
1: But 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 this guy went above and beyond. Such a nice guy. And uh and, um, you know, just a simple little act of kindness right. goes a long way. And, it was um, like
0: the Derek from Starbucks that you told us a couple of times ago. Right. Yeah, you know? Derek. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. and Yeah. You know, completely understanding. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, the best, you know, the, the, you, it doesn't take much to make yourself feel better mm-hmm. by doing something nice for someone else. Um, and oftentimes <laughs> the best way to cheer yourself up is to do something nice right. for someone else. Right. It makes you feel better because yeah. you see someone else feel better. Yep. Um, and uh, I feel that's a, a really good way to put a
0: bow on it. Yeah, I think you, it is. As you would say. I'm sure I stole that from someone. I think I stole that from like Mark Melusis on the fan or something. But yeah, okay. I steal everything. I'm a musician. It's what I do. Yeah, yeah. Well we need to. We right. don't get paid enough. We don't hey we only get twelve notes. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Unless you're unless you're in the Far East or um in the Middle East where it's a 48-tone scale. Quarter tones.
0: Oh my god. I, I'm gonna have to go over there and smack someone.
1: Hey, I I I love it. I think it's fun.
0: <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I'll just smack you instead after we we, we stop. Good. <laughs> Well, that's that's enough for today, um, Sean. Thank you as always. Yeah, we had a, we had a great time and a uh, pleasure. And and this was this was fun. So um, we'll be back with everybody when we come back with everybody. It'll be baseball season. The regular Good. season will have started. Okay. And uh, I hope everybody uh, has a warm remainder of your month of March. And uh, until we talk to you again when baseball is in full swing, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the Osip Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.